1: Tonight, train massacre, the Russian rocket attack on a Ukrainian train station, killing dozens at a place where thousands of women and children were trying to flee the war. The images, horrifying and disturbing. The moment of impact. Tonight, the haunting stories of survivors as bodies lay among suitcases. The chilling message painted on the side of a Russian ballistic missile. And the evidence of war crimes. Plus, we'll preview the 60 Minutes interview you won't want to miss. Scott Pelley speaks with President Zelensky. What we're learning about intercepted communications between Russian soldiers and their parents. A moment in history. President Biden's victory lap and the moving speech from soon-to-be-justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson. In my family, it took just one generation to go from segregation to the Supreme Court
2: of the United States.
1: Secret Service scandal. The unbelievable new details in the fake federal agent scheme. The weapons, the tactical gear, and the counterfeit IDs. Oscar slap punishment. The academy bans Will Smith. But what happens to his best actor trophy? And this just in, Smith responds. Tigers come back, round two of the Masters. How the golf star is feeling. And on the road with a story of inspiration and never giving up on your dreams.
0: This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital.
1: Good evening, and thank you for joining us on this Friday night. Tonight, we start with breaking news out of Ukraine and what we're learning about the most recent Russian atrocity, a missile attack on a train station. Just tonight, President Zelensky says everyone involved will be held responsible. At least 52 people were killed and more than 100 others injured in the attack on a train station. Graphic video of the scene shows bodies lying among luggage, strollers and stuffed animals. Ukrainian officials believe the two missiles were fired from Russian-occupied territory in the Donbass region. Six weeks into the war, Russian forces have shifted their focus to eastern Ukraine as more suspected war crimes are revealed. In Chernihiv, north of the capital, the mayor says nearly 700 people were killed. Survivors described the horrors during the Russian siege. Dozens of people were held captive in a tiny basement for weeks, along dead bodies. It was so cramped that one man described tying himself to a wall to sleep, standing up. We have a lot of news to get to tonight. And CBS's Deborah Pata will start us off from Kiev. Good evening, Deborah.
3: Good evening. About 4,000 people had gathered at that rail station at the time of the attack to get onto trains to escape the violence. Ukrainian officials have repeatedly advised residents to leave Donbass as the war escalates. And we should warn you that this video is disturbing. What are the... The strike at Kramatorsk railway station was not only deadly, it was personal. The Russian missile inscribed with the words, for the children. It's a central hub for civilians fleeing the war in the Donbass region. Among those killed, women, the elderly and the very young. Another entry on the growing list of Russian atrocities... In Liberated Butcher, the street was littered with graphic evidence of war crimes. But lawmaker Kira Rudik wants the world to know about the hidden crimes, a weapon wielded in secret, rape. It's a matter of power, it's a matter
2: of terror, it's a matter of control that they are taking. Uh, using it as a humiliation.
3: Rudik is collecting evidence to take to the international court in The Hague. In Butcher, at least five women came forward to share their stories with her, including a mother in her 20s with a six-year-old son.
2: They raped her multiple times in front of her her son. And she said, I begged them to to find a place to hide my son so he would not be witnessing that. It was going on and on
3: and on and for days. For days. I mean, that is just unbearable trauma. On communications intercepted by Ukrainian intelligence, you can hear a Russian soldier phoning back home, revealing those raped are often very young. <laughs> I'm shocked at what's going on here, he said. A woman and a 16-year-old girl were raped by guys in the neighboring village. Rudik heard a similar story when soldiers tried to rape a woman's teenage sister. She stepped forward, saying, take me instead. There's an
2: elected Ukrainian politician say, I want to know their names and last names, because I want them to be accountable.
3: The targeting of civilians has become so frequent in this war that Ukrainian investigators are collecting evidence of crimes almost as they happen. And prosecutors say they are building a detailed case against Russia. Nora.
1: Deborah Pata, thank you. Ukraine's president Volodymyr Zelensky detailed where his investigators got some of the evidence of Russia's war crimes in an interview with CBS's Scott Pelley for this Sunday's 60 Minutes. And they met at an undisclosed government building in Kyiv.
0: What evidence is there of war crimes across Ukraine? The Ukrainian security service has intercepted communications, he told us. There are Russian soldiers talking to their parents about what they stole and who they abducted. There are recordings of Russian prisoners of war who admitted to killing people. There are pilots in prison who had maps with civilian targets to bomb. There are also investigations being conducted based on the remains of the dead. Should Vladimir Putin be prosecuted for war crimes? Look, I I think everyone who made a decision, who issued an order, who fulfilled an order, everyone who is relevant to this, I believe they are guilty. Do you hold Putin responsible? I do believe he's one of them.
1: You can watch Scott Pelley's full interview with President Zelensky's Sunday on 60 Minutes. Let's turn now to the White House, where newly confirmed and soon-to-be Supreme Court Justice Katanji Brown-Jackson quoted Maya Angelou's poem, Still I Rise, during a ceremony on the South Lawn. The first black woman confirmed to the Supreme Court said, I am the dream and the hope of the slave. CBS's Ouija Jang was there.
2: As President Biden celebrated Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson,
4: he noted the magnitude of the moment. We're going to look back and see this as a moment of real change in American history.
2: Judge Jackson also recognized she was making history. It has taken 232 years and 115 prior appointments for a black woman to be selected to serve on the Supreme Court of the United States. But we've made it. She said this about her personal journey. In my family, it took just one generation to go from segregation to the Supreme Court of the United States. Vice President Harris talked about this letter she wrote while presiding over the vote to her teenage goddaughter, Helena. I told her that I felt such a deep sense of pride and joy and about what this moment means for our nation and for her future. President Biden commended the three Republicans who voted for Jackson, but he had harsh words for some in the party who took part in her
4: hearing. There was verbal abuse, the anger, the constant interruptions, the most vile baseless assertions and accusations.
2: The outdoor location for the event was chosen in part because the COVID spike here in Washington recently seeped into the West Wing. Today, President Biden tested negative, but the White House said it is certainly possible he will test positive at some point. Nora?
1: That's the state we're in. Ouija Jang, thank you. Well, tonight we're learning more about the two men accused of pretending to be federal agents and giving financial favors to Secret Service officials. In court filings today, prosecutors said the defendants were not merely playing dress-up, they were engaged in conduct that created a potential risk to national security. Here's CBS's Katherine Herridge.
5: Appearing in federal court, the bizarre case of Ariane Tahirzadeh and Haider Ali took a serious national security turn. With confirmation from court records, they compromised U.S. Secret Service personnel with access to the White House. Now suspended, Secret Service personnel assigned to the First Lady, the White House, and the Vice President's residence. Arguing the suspects are flight risks, the government filed evidence photos of multiple weapons, tactical gear, surveillance equipment, and tools for fake IDs, all seized from their penthouse and four luxury D.C. apartments in a building popular with federal law enforcement. An expired passport for Ali showed recent travel to Iran and visas for Egypt and Pakistan, and he told at least one witness that he has ties to the intelligence agency of Pakistan. While the claim is under investigation, the government said it must be taken literally and seriously. Prosecutors say it was all part of a scheme to ingratiate themselves with members of the law enforcement community, giving officers gifts, including rent-free apartments and electronics.
4: There were a lot of rent-
5: Tom O'Connor is a former FBI special agent. Is this a Secret Service failure?
4: Anytime uh, any federal law enforcement, local law enforcement, state law enforcement uh, gets probed for intelligence value, that's a bad day.
5: After his arrest, Tahirzadeh volunteered to investigators that Ali funded most of their day-to-day operation, and he didn't know the source of the funds. And late today, a federal judge agreed to hold the two suspects until court reconvenes on Monday, saying he's never seen a case quite like this. Separately, the Secret Service has launched its own investigation into whether employees accepted bribes.
1: Nora. What a story. Catherine Herridge, thank you. Well, nearly two weeks after Will Smith's slap of comedian Chris Rock, the Motion Picture Academy, handed out its punishment. Tonight, we get reaction to his 10-year Oscar ban. Here's CBS's Jamie Ucas in Los Angeles. Hoping Academy invites me back. Thank you.
6: <laughs> that won't be happening, with the Academy banning Will Smith from the Oscars and all other Academy events for a decade. Media critic Eric Deggins. What do you think about this decision?
4: It was a tougher punishment than I expected.
6: The ban comes after Smith slapped comedian Chris Rock.
4: Oh, wow!
6: In a statement, the Academy says the 94th Oscars were meant to be a celebration of the many individuals in our community who did incredible work this past year. However, those moments were overshadowed by the unacceptable and harmful behavior we saw Mr. Smith exhibit on stage. During our telecast, we did not adequately address the situation in the room. For this, we are sorry. Smith says he's sorry, too after taking heat from Hollywood, as well as fans. He resigned from the Academy one week ago.
4: I wonder if they didn't backfire a little bit. They couldn't suspend him. Uh, He already resigned. So they had to do something that was more impactful, uh, short of taking away his Oscar.
6: He still faces the judgment of moviegoers. His films have grossed more than $4 billion in the U.S. and Canada alone.
4: His favorability ratings have dropped. I think what Will Smith has to do is to prove that he's not secretly a toxic person.
6: Will Smith gets to keep his Oscar for now, but what we don't know is whether he can be nominated for future roles and whether he can appeal the ban. Late today, the actor released a statement saying he accepts and respects the Academy's decision. Nora.
1: Jamie Ukas, thank you. And day two of Tiger Woods' comeback got off to a rocky start with bogeys on four of the first five holes at the Masters. Still, we all want to know, will the golf superstar be around for the weekend? Well, CBS's Jim Axelrod is at Augusta National with the latest.
0: Now driving, Tiger Woods.
4: Strong winds added another degree of difficulty today to the physical challenges Tiger Woods is facing. Four bogeys in his first five holes for Tiger Woods. His Superman-turned-underdog story that's captivated the patrons at Augusta National. The sport of golf is better when Tiger Woods is good. Has also hiked demand on secondary ticket sellers like StubHub by 20%. He's been mesmerizing us for years, showing Ed Bradley his skills in 2006. But it just may be nothing Tiger Woods has done has generated more electricity than what's going on this week at Augusta. Wow. What a shot from Tiger Woods. Michael Bamberger is a senior writer for Golf.com. Well, I think the intensity that we're all feeling about Tiger Woods playing well in this tournament, it actually has very little to do with golf. It has to do with the fact that we don't want to let go of a iconic hero in our lives. Tiger struggled more today than yesterday, but he rallied on his second nine and will now make the cut and play this weekend And that is going to add to what's already
1: been a magical week here at Augusta. Nora? Ah, great news. I will be watching. Jim Axarod, thank you. Ah. The comfort
6: of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes.
5: There really is no
6: place like home.
1: A federal jury in Michigan today found two men not guilty of conspiring to kidnap Governor Gretchen Whitmer in 2020 in an alleged plot to force the state to drop its COVID restrictions. The jury was deadlocked on the same conspiracy charges for two other men, and the judge declared their cases a mistrial. The defense teams had argued that the government used FBI informants and undercover agents to entrap the men into the alleged plot. The dangerous heat wave that's been gripping the West is finally easing up. More than two dozen record highs were hit today in California. It will be much cooler tomorrow. Meanwhile, it will feel like winter across the central plains on Saturday with frost and freeze alerts in more than a dozen states. A half a foot of snow could fall in the mountains of West Virginia and North Carolina. All right. It was a giant leap for space tourism today. SpaceX launched three businessmen and their retired NASA astronaut guide to the International Space Station. The civilian crew from the U.S., Canada and Israel reportedly paid $55 million each for a seat, and they will spend eight days in space. That's expensive. We end this week, as we always do, on the road. And this one is special. CBS's Steve Hartman found a story of dedication and perseverance that hits close to home.
0: You're welcome to listen in. But I chose this week's story mainly for an audience of one. This 12-year-old named Ted. Yes. Ted is my nephew. Very hard. And he says sometimes his blindness feels insurmountable. I see.
2: I thought like I was doomed. (laughs) That, that, That does sound a little immature, but...
0: A woe is me kind of feeling?
2: Yes. I really want to be like everybody else sometimes,
0: you know. And that's why, when I heard about this drag racer attempting to set a new world speed record, I thought Ted and others like him had to meet the driver. In 2012, Dan Parker of Columbus, Georgia, got in a crash. He suffered a traumatic brain injury so severe it blinded him.
4: I never imagined I'd be back in the seat of a race car. But I've been a racer my whole life. I just had to figure out another way to do it.
0: A machinist by trade, Dan got adaptive equipment so he could make parts. And then designed this entire race car.
4: Everything in this car? Yeah, pretty much, yeah.
2: That just amazes me. What does he look like?
0: Mustache and a beard.
2: I have a mustache.
0: You have a mustache?
2: See? Whiskers. (laughs) I hope nobody sees them.
0: Oh, don't worry about it. That won't be an issue. Anyway, back to our story. Last week, Dan and his crew came here to Spaceport America in southern New Mexico to attempt a Guinness record. Fastest car driven blindfolded. Of course, no blindfold was needed. But he did have a special audio guidance system and, for safety purposes, a sighted driver next to him, hands hovering over the steering wheel just in case. It wasn't necessary. Dan went 211 miles an hour, set a record, and more importantly, an example.
4: Ted, I want you to know that blindness is not what is stopping you. Surround yourself with believers and go for your dreams. You can make excuses or make it happen.
0: Dan says inspiring the Teds of the world is the main reason he did this. And if my nephew is any indication, it was well worth the drive.
2: If you can do that, well, then I think I could easily pursue my dream.
0: Steve Hartman.
2: Wait, what about flying a plane?
0: CBS (laughs) News on the road. That's exactly what I wanted to come from this.
1: Go for it, Ted. We believe in you. Sunday on Face the Nation, Margaret Brennan's guests include Ukraine's ambassador to the United States and national security advisor, Jake Sullivan. That is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in our nation's capital. Good night and have a great weekend.